Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show. I want to welcome every one of you today. And each time we meet, I'll be sharing with you God's message on living the Christian life. Now, during our times together, I'm going to challenge you in a variety of areas. But I'm also going to encourage you to be all that you can be in your walk. Yep, we all have questions about life, relationships. Some of us maybe even have doubts. But I want to remind you that God is with us. And He will not let you fail. God has much to say to us today. So let's uh, turn over here and see what He has. Who in the world do you think you are? That's the start of today's message. I'm serious. Who do you think you are anyway? Well, that's quite the introduction, that's for sure. That almost sounds like I'm charging at you and I'm questioning you about your existence. Think about it, though, for a moment and imagine what if the Lord sees how you act towards others, especially when you claim to be a Christian. And then he asked you in the same stern way I just did. How would you respond to him? Would you take immediate offense to the question and go on the defense like you just wanted to to do for me? Or would you look down in shame and apologize to the Lord for your insensitiveness towards others? Is it who says it to you? Or how is it phrased that upsets you the most? The title of today's message is, Who Do You Think You Are? And I want to tell you about a woman who was working in the front yard the other day, and she was planting new bushes and flowers and making it all beautiful with the springtime now as this recording is taking place. And she loved to express herself with colors and beauty around the house, specifically in the front, where everyone who drove by could see her beauty. She wasn't now just trying to show off. She just took pride in how her home looked, manicured lard with attractive foliage, you know, there's really nothing wrong with having a well-kept home. It typically shows that you're a well-kept person. Now, of course, since she was outside, she was dressed in her work clothes and had dirt all over her hands and just really messy. And Pretty soon, though, she noticed a movie man pulling into the driveway next door. And behind the van was a car with the new owners. And as they pulled up, a very nice-looking family got out of the car. Now, the new family noticed the woman, and so they came over to introduce themselves to her. And they spoke across the fence there for a moment, and changing pleasantries and introducing themselves and asking a few of the, you know, basic questions you do when you first meet somebody. And after a few of these moments, the, the woman working in the yard and invited the new family over for a welcome to the neighborhood casual dinner that night. And shortly after this new family, they went back to the new home to assist the movers who had started moving uh, their, their furniture in. She ran inside and told her husband about the new neighbors and how she invited them to a spontaneous casual dinner to, to welcome them. Well, he agreed with her that that was just a great idea. She then instructed him to start getting ready. And she promptly began dyeing her hair. And as she was getting dressed and putting on her makeup and her false eyelashes and those false painted fingernails, the husband came by and asked her why she was getting all dolled up for just 
for a casual dinner for people that she just met. Well, she told them how they had seen her all dirty earlier in her work clothes and, you know, dirt all over her and her hair was all mussed up. And now she wanted them to see the real her. So let's, let, let's think about this for a moment. This lady, she was so sweet and friendly to the new neighbors, welcoming them into their neighborhood and their new home. But she just exemplifies the typical American churchgoer today. They get ready for church, put on their Sunday, you know, go-to-meeting clothes, and all too often they hide who the real person is that they are. Now, many go to church regularly, and they know much about what is expected of them. But of all the things they do know, they don't know who they really are. Now, most people assign some kind of identity to themselves. And all the things they do are shaped by this identity of who they see in the mirror each day. And it's important to acknowledge what is true and what is not true about yourself. The problem is that many of you live in what we call a state of identity amnesia. You forget who you are, and soon you give yourself up to doubts and fears and being indifferent and being discouraged. And how many of the other lies the enemy wants to drop on you, and you just take it all in. Now, a recent survey I came across showed that over 80% of churchgoers didn't know what it is that makes a person a real Christian. I thought that was amazing. They didn't know what it takes to be a real Christian. Something is terribly wrong with that. When people go to church and they have no idea if they are a real Christian or not, they don't even know who they are. What does that statistic say about you, though? That's my question to start today. What does that say about you? What do you look like to others? Now, it's been said the main reason more people do not become Christians is because they see how Christians act toward one another. As children of God, we are supposed to be flexible enough in our hearts to care about others. We are supposed to give them more grace than we have given in the past. We are supposed to stop getting irritated and put off when things are not done our way. As Christians, we need to realize it is okay for us to want some things to go our way, but also we need to realize sometimes we need them to go somebody else's way too. The focus would not be on what we want, but on what would do the most in building God's kingdom from within us to glorify Him towards others. Colossians 3 8 through 10, it tells us, But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with these practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Paul is trying to tell us what a true Christian wraps himself in. Before we go any further, though, let me say that God is more interested in what is on the inside of you than what is on the outside of you. He focuses on what is in your heart. That is one way we differ from God. We like to judge a book by its cover. We like to judge a person by how they look. 
what color their hair, how tall they are, how they're dressed, whether they're in shape or not, whether they walk the walk or they just talk a talk. God, though, on the other hand, he judges a person by what they feel. We look at the outside. God looks at the inside. In Colossians 3, 12 through 13, we'll kind of continue in this chapter. Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The virtues mentioned by Paul in this scripture are what we are to clothe ourselves with each day. The covering garment not mentioned here is what binds us all together though. And that covering is love. It also says forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. It is difficult to forgive others who have wronged you even in the slightest ways. But you can do it. If you stop and remember how much God has forgiven you first for all of your wrongs, no matter how small they seem to you. How are you looking to others now so far? We're reminded of that in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And thankfully, God judges by faith and character and not just on appearances. See, most people spend hours each week maintaining their outward appearances. And if they have a certain look on the outside, they feel others will be more willing to accept them. Very much like the lady in the garden that we talked about earlier. However, God knows what your heart really looks like. If you don't know what your heart looks like, go ahead and check out my podcast titled, How Healthy Is Your Heart? And God will help you understand how to have a healthy heart. So then, where are you spending more of your time? Are you in front of the mirror? Or are you in God's book? Jesus was making the same point in Matthew 7, 16, as he just did in Samuel's scripture, when he said, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? All of us need to go through our spiritual closets and throw away many of the items that do not show a Christian heart. And we need to replace them with those that do show the love of God. Too many of us know the Bible from front to back and back to front, and we know all the right words and all the right actions to do in church, but when it really counts, we don't share the true love of Christ with others. We end up sharing the dislike and the hate from our sinful heart with them instead. Christ shows his loving grace to us every day. And if we're going to be serious about calling ourselves Christians, we need to start showing a little of that loving grace to others around us. So far, today's message, who are you really? Do you know yet? 
Ephesians 1, 4-6 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Verse 5 says, predestined to be adopted. See, this verse is very significant to my wife and I here specifically. We struggled for many, many years with infertility, and we went through several possible adoptions, shedding many tears until God's timing came upon us. Unbeknownst to us, he predestined our daughter to be with us in spite of the times when we questioned him and we yelled at him, we argued with him, we cried out to him. He knew who was coming to us and when she was coming to us and exactly how she was coming to us. You see, predestined means marked beforehand. God adopted us into his family and made us heirs to his kingdom before we were even born. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you an heir. Now under the Roman laws of the time, an adopted child was guaranteed all legal rights to his father's property and his assets. Just like our daughter, when we adopted her, she was guaranteed all legal rights to our assets. Now, as adopted children of God, we all share with Jesus all the rights to God's kingdom. As God heirs, we can claim what he has provided for us, our full identity as his children. In Romans 8, 16, 17, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that many also share in his glory. Being a Christian and an heir with Christ, there will be times of suffering that we must endure too. Now, we will never have to endure the sufferings Christ had when he paid for our sins on the cross, but we will have to contend with our own type of sufferings. This is the price we pay to be identified with Christ to inherit the glory that comes with his kingdom. I want to prepare to close with one more supporting scripture here for you. 1 John 3, 1 and 2 says, How great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I'm going to jump down to verse 9 and 10 here. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are. We are the very children of God. We are made children of God through our personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you reach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let Christ dwell richly within you, my friends. Include him in every conversation you have. 
Focus loving him. And in return, he will give you that peace that you seek. And that peace will enable you to show the love of Christ to everyone around you. Amen. Who do you think you are? Well, I hope you know now who you really are. You are a child of God, a co-heir with Jesus Christ to God's kingdom. That is who you are. I want to thank you again for tuning in. I pray words of today's message have solidified your questions about who you are and how you look to others and what it takes to be who God wants you to be and to relish in his love and his grace. Yes, there are sufferings we have to go through, but they are minor compared to what's on the other side with him. Blessings to you all. I hope to hear from you. Send me a prayer request. Send me a message. Send me good or bad comments. Podcast at gmail.com I pray for you and I hope that you receive what you're looking for. Amen.